0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. You know, God cares about the financial state of your life. And sometimes you just have to hear scriptures and be preached to a little bit about these things because, like I said earlier, the devil wants you broke. He wants you uninfluential for the gospel. He wants you not being able to help anybody who needs help. He wants you not supporting any of his churches or ministries. Therefore, the devil wants you broke. But just say this with me. I I will not be broke. broke. God's gonna prosper me. And I'm gonna help a lot of people. In Jesus' name. Turn to uh, Isaiah 58. And we're going to talk a little bit more about fasting and the benefits of fasting and about how powerful it can be if we do it right and don't go crazy with it, like beyond what the Lord leads us to do. But there is a word called fasting, and it's not something the flesh likes to hear. I mean, the flesh wants to eat all it wants to eat. It wants to do all it wants to do. It wants to, you know get all it feels like getting but that's how you don't go higher in the lord there's a scripture in the bible that says a lot of people's god is their belly they always do what their belly says they always give their belly what it wants and that could also be translated appetites it can go beyond food well our god is not our appetites jesus is our god There's many times in life you're going to have to say no to feelings and desires in you that are going to try to pull you out of the path that God has for your life, out of spiritual things, totally in the natural. And you have to say no at times. You have to say no to yourself. I'm not so sure that our own appetites are a greater enemy than the devil. Because, see, you can resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee from you. But you can't resist you. You've got to deal with you. You've got to live with you. You've got to live with your appetites. You, you've got to learn how to control yourself because like the devil, you can't resist yourself and you flee from you. You're with you, right? And so a lot of times I think the greatest enemy is not even the devil and demons. It's our own appetites. It's our own desires that aren't fully saved yet. You see, your desires don't have to be saved to go to heaven your inner man has to be saved to go to heaven. And when you got saved and became a Christian, you still have wrong desires. You still have things that need to be controlled. The spirit of you is brand new because you got saved, but your flesh is still pretty much the same flesh as it was before you were saved. It's gonna have wrong desires, it's gonna have wrong appetites, it's gonna have wrong feelings at times, and you're gonna to have to learn this word, know and say it a lot. Amen. Can I get, any, can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. Isaiah 58. I want you to notice what God says about fasting. In verse 6. God says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? I want you to fast for these reasons. If you're going to fast for any reasons, fast so you can loose the bands of wickedness. That's talking about ministering to other people that are bound. You know, there's sometimes we just need to fast a meal and give that money to somebody else. Let's say you planned on going out to lunch and there's times you might just want to take that lunch money, give it to somebody else, give it into a ministry and just not eat that meal and pray instead. The Bible says the fast that God has chosen is to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke. So what he's saying here is there's times in our life where we can deny personal benefits, personal satisfaction, take that time, take those resources and help other people while we're suffering a little bit, we're helping somebody else. Sometimes you just have to give up what you want to help somebody get what they need. And fasting is simply abstaining from something that's okay for a time so you can give more time to prayer, give more time to seeking God and helping people. And this scripture here says if you do it right, you'll see a lot of results in people being set free. Loose the bands of wickedness means your prayer for others is going to work better because you're not just thinking about you all the time. Loose the band. Now, what happens when we do live a life like this? What happens when we do give up legitimate pleasures and seek God and pray or minister to other people? What happens to us? Well, look at verse 7. He says, Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry? So, in other words, this talks about taking some of the bread you could eat, giving it to somebody who doesn't have that, and that you bring the poor that are cast out into your house. When you see the naked, that you cover him and that you don't hide yourself from your own flesh, other human beings. Now, what will happen to us if we start living this kind of life? Then your light will break forth like the morning. That means depression leaves when you start living like this. Light breaking forth like the morning means darkness is ending and and, uh, sunlight is coming. Now, this is figurative for Things in your own life that are gray You may feel heavy, you may feel down, you may feel depressed Well, one of the best things you can do Is give up a few legitimate pleasures Spend some time praying and praying for others And ministering to other people And God promised your light would break forth as the morning In other words, depression will begin to leave your life (laughs) One of the best things that a depressed person needs to hear Is this right here Thank God for medication. Thank God for pills. But friend, that is not the best remedy around. This scripture here says you can get free from depression by not thinking so much about you and your depression and start helping other people. And then look what he says. If you live a life like this, your health will spring forth speedily. What? You mean you can get quick healing by helping other people? I know from personal experience you can. When I first got saved, I was so oppressed. I was living for the devil. I was doing all kinds of stupid stuff and drugs and parties and all kinds of things. And when I got saved, like I said, my spirit got saved. My heart became new, but my soul and my mind and my my flesh, that still needed some work. And one of the things I had to do, see, I had to help people because I needed to get free quick. I was deep in problems Now I help people because I want to, but back then I had to. Why? Because I needed a quick healing. I needed a quick healing, and I realized I need to. So I found ways to get into the jail and minister to people that were incarcerated. I, I passed out tracks on Main Street. I helped with special needs classes at my church. I did things I could do. I witnessed to my neighbors. I did everything. I went to nursing homes all the time with my guitar. When I didn't even have a car, I'd be walking in the rain. I'd play for the people there. I'd preach to the people there. And lo and behold, Glimpses of light got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger Until depression was gone And I was joyful all the time No medication, just doing this And he calls it the fast that the Lord has chosen Now turn to Matthew chapter 6 Matthew 6 Anybody interested in Depression-free living? Anybody interested in healing, springing forth speedily? Well, then you need to be interested in some of these things we're talking about tonight. Matthew chapter 6. Look here with me in verse 16 through 18. Jesus is talking again. This is Jesus. He says, Moreover, when you fast, notice he didn't say if. (laughs) When you fast, don't be like the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Truly I say unto you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, you know, put on your brill cream, your VO5, or whatever, <laughs> right? Wash your face. That you appear not unto men to fast, but unto your Father which sees in secret. For your Father which sees in secret will reward you openly. Now there's a couple things here. Jesus said, when do you fast? So there's going to be times in our life it's going to benefit us to fast. even Even though there's no commandments to do it. Even though there's no instruction that says we have to as Christians. It is going to be a good time at times to do some fasting, not go crazy, not fast for 40 days and 40 nights. No, 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 no. Just just do a little bit here and a little bit there and then listen to the Holy Spirit. There's two times, you know, you should fast. Number one is if the Holy Spirit leads you to and make sure it's the Holy Spirit. And if he leads you to fast, it probably won't be over a day or two or three. Another time to consider fasting is when things are pressing in upon you, dangerous situations are around you, or you need quick decisions about some very important things, you might want to go ahead and just fast a meal or two and pray and seek God and get your answer. Um, So when you fast, he didn't say if, so we should be thinking about fasting now and then. But the second thing you want to know about this is the Lord said there's rewards for fasting. It's not that we earn anything. It's that we become more sensitive and better receivers from the Lord of what He already wants us to have. Fasting doesn't change God. It changes us. It gets us out of this earthly, natural way of thinking where there's hopeless situations all around into a spiritual way of thinking where all things are possible to Him that believes. It gets, it changes us. It helps us, fasting helps us become more aware of the power that Jesus has given us against sickness and disease. And demons and darkness Fasting makes us more aware of scriptures like By his stripes we were healed That takes spiritual understanding to comprehend that Just the very fact, by his stripes you were healed How can I be healed if I feel sick? Well, the natural man doesn't understand that You're going to have to get more spiritual to understand that And fasting will assist you in this area ministering to other people sometimes you just have to spend a little time fa- fasting and praying so that when you do minister to other people you're not just trying to help them naturally you know just trying to pray this super perfect prayer no what we need is spiritual energy on the scene and i know brother Kenneth Hagin he said when he fasted like one or two meals or a couple days at the most he said before he would minister he would not eat He would like to not eat that meal and and eat afterwards or whatever. He said, when I fasted before I ministered, he said healings came more easily. Why? Well, because you're more sensitive to the things of God. Angels are more real to you. Demons are more real to you. And you'll take authority over in in a quicker and more effective way. When you do some fasting, you become more spiritual. You become more sensitive to the reality of faith, how it works, your authority as a believer. Things lead up to failure and things lead up to success. Things lead up to strong faith and things lead up to unbelief. Sometimes you have to watch out about being caught off guard. The Holy Spirit at times will lead us to put the flesh under, maybe fast a meal, maybe fast a TV show, maybe fast something else that's pleasant, spend that time praying because he knows something's around the corner you're going to need to be a little more spiritual for so you can overcome it. (laughs) Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Talking about fasting benefits. What are the benefits of fasting and how do we do it? How do we make sure that we're doing it right? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. He's writing to all of us here. Now, um, if you've never heard a message like this before about fasting, uh, don't just run out of here and start fasting tonight. <laughs> Start small. I mean, I'm going to share something with you at the last few minutes that I think will really, really help you because it goes beyond just episodes of fasting when a dire need is facing you. There's something we can do on a daily basis to make sure that we're staying in this realm of more sensitivity to God, more sensitivity to healing and faith. So here in 1 Corinthians 7, it says in verse 1, Paul said, he's actually answering some questions because this church had some questions for Paul 2,000 years ago. And Paul said in verse 1, Now concerning the things which you wrote unto me about, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. That's an interesting word, isn't it? He's talking about people that aren't married doing things to arouse one another in a wrong way. That will lead to fornication. That will lead to sex outside of marriage. And that is not something we're supposed to be involved with. If you have been involved with that, you can be forgiven. Praise the Lord. Slate, wiped clean. But the Lord does not want us practicing these things because they hurt us. And they hurt other people. And they bother conscience. And they hurt our faith. And the scripture here says when it comes to male-female relationships, don't do things that tempt others. That tempt you and others. Don't do it. Why? Cuz you're going to fall into something your heart's going to be hurt about later. Your conscience is going to be hurt. You're going to hurt other people. It's anything that we do that we know is not in line with the will of God for our life, it'll hurt us. That's why I say if you do fall in any of these areas, ask God to forgive you immediately and get back under a protection and get back under the clear skies of God's sunshine if you will. But he said, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid sex outside of marriage or fornication, to avoid that, let every man have his own girlfriend? No. (laughs) No, let every man have his own wife. Enter into a covenant, get married. If you want the benefits of sex, you have to be married. It was so quiet in here. (laughs) Notice he says, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own boyfriend. No, this is not for boyfriend, girlfriend. Sex is for husband and wife. Let every woman have her own husband, let every man have his own wife. That's how you avoid fornication. When temptation comes, if if you, some people just need to get married. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Then it says, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. Basically, you know, be conscious of the needs and and the desires of your wife and make sure you're there for her. And let the wife also, the wife unto the husband. Let's read that again. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Be respective of each other's needs and desires. The wife does not have power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise the husband has not power over his own body, but the wife. Interesting. Still talking about intimacy here. Then in verse 5 he says, defraud not one another. Does anybody have another translation for the word defraud? Huh? Deprive. deprive not. Anybody else have another one? I can't hear you. Do not refuse. Do not refuse don't deprive. Don't defraud. No, it says, Husbands and wives, don't defraud one another, except it be with consent. Now, why in the world would you want to, you know, with consent, abstain from things you have a marital right to be involved with? Pleasurable things. Hmm? Why? Why would you want with, to with, withdraw from relations as a married couple? He says right here, for consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and then of course come together again that Satan tempt you not for your want of self-control or your, your lack of self-control. Yeah, your want of self-restraint. So he's telling husbands and wives here, you can actually fast intimacy, if you both agree, and take that time and pray and seek the Lord and, and, and get your mind off of the flesh for all and get your mind on spiritual things. And, Maybe in marriages there's a problem, maybe there's an emergency, maybe there's things come up. Well, you might want to consider fasting in this area. So, what he's saying here, when it comes to fasting, it's not just limited to food. It can be other pleasurable things that are okay, putting them on hold for a while, getting more spiritual so that you're ready for whatever's around the corner. Or you're a bigger help to somebody who needs ministry to, or you get an answer from God that you need to get from God. And putting the flesh under and praying will help you be more open and receptive to the answers you need. And you, 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 you will be amazed at what fasting a couple meals will do for you and praying instead. Fasting and praying. Fasting and praying. Not just fasting. Fasting alone is basically just going on a diet. No, if you want to really get in, get advancing in your life and advancing in success, fast and pray take that time to pray seek the lord help people um, so would you do this with me now go with me to um, galatians 5 actually go to 1 corinthians 2 1 corinthians chapter 2 just back up a couple chapters 1 corinthians 2 you know i found out that there's times i have to hurt in my flesh to help my flesh What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, there's times I have to say no to certain fleshly desires to get a healing for my flesh. Sometimes I have to hurt my flesh to help my flesh. I have to say no to my flesh so my flesh can get the healing power or the strength or the energy that I need from the Lord. So I, I, I put this down too. Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do to get what you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got, you got to say no to some of these fleshly things so you can get these spiritual things you've been needing. Wisdom, answers, power, strength, revelation, healing. I'm going to quote two scriptures to you here. Romans chapter 8, in one of those verses in Romans chapter 8, it says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There's another scripture in 1 Peter that says, He that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. I think we need to get to the point where we realize there is some good suffering. And we need to be okay with it. All suffering is not bad. Some of it will grow us up, open us up to greater things from the Lord, put the flesh under, be more spiritually minded. I, um, we have a friend, he's in heaven now, Dave Duell. So a lot of you know who Dave and Bonnie Duell are. Bonnie's still here. She lives in Denver Dave Dewell, he, was, he, he did some uh, studies about success and how people become very, very successful in the financial realm. And he had tapped into some research and some statistics and they did a, a poll of all these wealthy people about you know, what's the number one reason you're wealthy. If you could tell the people around you, what's the number one reason you are successful and wealthy? He said the majority of them came to the conclusion of this one phrase here. If you wanna be successful, if you wanna be wealthy, if you wanna be totally up there on the top, you have to develop a willingness to bear pain. (laughs) Willingness to bear pain. What, What do you mean? In other words, don't buck all pain. Some of it is necessary. In this fallen world, and in this crazy time, there is some suffering that we should be enduring and not running away from. Not sickness, not disease. You rebuke that junk, you resist that junk, you claim your healing and believe God. But when it comes to walking in love, you know, love suffers long and is kind. When it comes to saying no to temptation, that could hurt, right? When it comes to resisting sin, that can hurt. When it comes to fasting, that could hurt at times. Hmm? But you'll cease from sin. There'll be a greater glory coming on you in the future. And, and you know what? Did you ever notice that no resurrection, if there's no suffering? No crucifixion, no resurrection. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 the Bible says the natural man, and that's the word this flesh hurts, in the natural. The natural man receives not the things of the Holy Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I thought it was interesting Paul didn't say the evil man receives not from the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be evil to be a bad receiver. You can just be too natural, too fleshy, too concentrated on what you're feeling and too concentrated on what your body wants, too concentrating on this earth around you. The Bible says the natural man receives not. And if we want miracles and we want healings and we want the gifts of the spirit, gifts of the spirit, I say gifts of the spirit, Holy Spirit. Well, we got to be good receivers of the things of the Holy Spirit. And one of the best ways to not be a good receiver is be too natural. And one of the greatest things about fasting as as you're led to by the Lord or the need arises, one of the greatest things about putting the flesh under is that we are more spiritually minded and we're more in tune with the things of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who manifests miracles, guys. He's the one who manifests healings in the earth. He's the one where all nine gifts of the Spirit come from. And so... The natural man receives not the things of the Holy Spirit and miracles come from the Holy Spirit. So what do we need to be on guard for? Not just the evil. Not just demons. We need to be on guard for too natural. Too worldly. Too many movies. Too much Facebook. Too many videos, games, Those things may have an okay part in their place, but I'm telling you, if we go too far with some of this worldly stuff, we're not going to be in tune like we need to be in tune when we need help or somebody around us needs help. So turn with me now to uh, 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're almost done. We'll pray here in just a minute, but look at 1 Corinthians 6. I wanted to read you a few things I got in a time of prayer recently that I think will really go right along with this and help you. 1 Corinthians 6 So I want to talk to you Just for a minute about Not just episodes of fasting Like oh I got this big problem I need to fast three meals To get out of this problem Oh I I want to become more spiritual So I can help minister to somebody I I want to talk about something That's even better Than episodes of fasting I, I mentioned this already In the last three weeks That we talked about this I want to talk about Living a fasted life Which simply means Never eating all you want What are we talking about? We're talking about a change of perception And a change of lifestyle Now this, you're going to have to grasp this This may sound a little strange to somebody But just believe God to hear it and get it there is some things that we can tweak about our lifestyle that will cause us to be way more spiritual, way more uh, receptive of the things God has for us and through us. And this is where you probably, you're going to lose a lot of people because n- not too many people want to change their life. They want life changing things, but they don't want to change their life. They just want a prayer. They just want a fix, uh, a pill. They just want a. You know, give me that one word and I'll be totally free and set. Well, a prayer and a pill and certain other things cannot take the place of a life-changing decision. A lot of people need life-changing help, but they don't want to do any (laughs) life-changing. Okay, well that could be very frustrating because if If you need a life-changing answer but you don't want to change your life, it may be frustrating. You may get a little temporary relief here or there. I put it down, uh, I put, let me see where, if I can find that here. Um, where did I tell you to go? 1 Corinthians 6? Let's just read this. Look at 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 12. Paul said, All things are lawful unto me. In other words, by right of free will, I can do anything. But all things are not profitable. Expedient means profitable. So what's Paul saying here? Listen, I have a right to do a bunch of things, but all those things are not profitable. Can you see this scenario of fasting? See, we're talking about fasting. We're not talking about staying away from sin. That's a whole other subject, right? We're talking about doing without some okay things for a while to get some more powerful things in our life. See, people need to know there's a natural world and then there's a spiritual world. The spiritual world is the bigger world. That's where this natural world came from. There's, did you, whether you realize or not, there's angels in the atmosphere all around us right now. There's demon spirits all over the place in this world. They're not, they're not fully incarcerated yet. Their day's coming, but it's not yet. The air is literally infested with all these spiritual beings and they're, just because we can't see them doesn't mean they're not there kind of like the air. How many of you can see the air? I can't see the air, but it's there. We believe in invisible things all, all the time. Things we haven't seen. Radio waves are going through this room right now. How many believe radio waves are going through this room right now? And if you had a radio and you tuned in, you'd pick up those radio waves. They're invisible, but they're real. God, these angels, they're in another realm. They're real. We just can't see them with our physical eyes or contact them with our five physical senses. They're real. God is a spirit. He created this whole natural world. This whole five, uh, three-dimensional, you know, taste, touch, smell, feel, hear, see, came out of the spirit realm, the bigger realm. And what we need to realize is that there is another realm. There is a place. There is a there is a place where miracles come from, and it's not the natural realm. So Paul said, all things are lawful to me and all things are not profitable. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any of these things. Oh, that's a good word. Now let's talk about a man who's spiritually strong enough to realize his belly is not his God. His appetites are not his God. Jesus is his Lord. Paul actually had to say this. He said, you know what, when it comes right down to it, I got a body just like you got. My body's not saved, your body's not saved in the area of no more evil desires, no more evil tendencies. And he said, you know what I got to do? He says, I made a decision, I have to die daily. I have to say no to things daily. It's not the easiest thing. Do you realize everybody, everybody has crazy, strong, pushy desires. Everybody Some just squeal louder When they try to be Lord You know what I mean? Some just squawk more Oh, that person Oh, they're just going through such a hard time Fighting against those things No, they're just probably a little more vocal about it Everybody has to crucify the flesh Which basically means Tell it to shut up Pound the spike and say no more Everybody has to do that. Everybody, the most holy saint of God on this planet has to do that. We're all tempted with things. The devil will try to work through our desires and work through what he knows human beings like. And you have to be stronger spiritually than his temptations. And fasting will help you get that body under control and the spirit man in dominance. Paul said, read it again, verse 12. Paul said, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. They're not profitable. So what should you do? Don't yield to all those things you could be doing because it's not profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any of these things. That's important stuff. Look at chapter 10, verse 23. uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 23, Paul said, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not profitable. All things are lawful for me, but all things do not build up. They do not edify. So what's he saying here? Just because it's good doesn't mean you should yield to it. Just because it feels okay doesn't mean you should yield to it. Just because you have a right to it doesn't mean you should be involved with it. Because if we get too natural, if we go with too much of these fleshly, carnal rights and privileges and okay things, pleasure could actually dull you spiritually if you don't keep pleasure in its proper place. Mm, that was a good word. Turn to Galatians 5. Galatians chapter 5, in verse 16. So basically what we're talking about tonight is we want to we get to the point where we understand what's a, what do we do? How can we live a fasted life? Well, just never give your flesh everything it wants. Never never pour everything into it at once. <laughs> can I get a witness? And you say, well, pastor, but we're supposed to enjoy life. Not like, no, not, no, listen. We're at a very unique time right now. This is a time where we've got things to do for the Lord. There's people all around us that need saved. There's demons coming against ourselves. There's sicknesses and all these things. No, th- this, if you had to resist something for 80 years, that's still the shortest thing you'll ever do. Are you listening to me? Yes, yes. <laughs> Living a fasted life means your flesh is not going to get what it wants every day anymore. Yeah. I mean, have you ever indulged your flesh to where you just felt like you were drunk? On food and on movies or on what? It's like, what do you doing? That, that's, that's pouring into the flesh everything it wants. And no wonder a lot of people don't know how to pray. No wonder a lot of people don't know how to stand in faith till a miracle occurs. No wonder a lot of people don't get free from their oppression and depression and they just can't connect with their faith in God in this area. Well, your flesh can't be the boss and be strong spiritually at the same time. So look here in Galatians 5, Verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. Paul said, This I say then, Walk in the Spirit, which simply means walk according to the Scriptures and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh these are contrary the one to the other so you cannot do the things that you want to but if you're led of the spirit you're not under the law now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness which is lack of self-control idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations strats Excuse me, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, the, the word do there, it means Practicing. It's one thing to fall down and get back up a hundred times, okay? But these are people that have given over to this and said, it's not wrong, I'm going to live this way, I don't care what God says or anybody says. He's not talking about somebody that trips up once in a while. And when he says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God, he's not talking about not going to heaven. He's talking about not inheriting and receiving greater power from God on the earth to walk in higher degrees. This will hinder you from being able to receive greater power. Kingdom can also be translated power. And so what we need to do is we need to recognize there is a flesh and there is a spirit. You are a spirit. You live in a body. And when you leave your body, it's called physical death. Physical death is not ceasing to exist. It's separation of you from your body. This is what the Bible teaches. The Bible says you're a spirit you have a mind, a will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. Your physical body is your earth suit. You can't live here without a body. But when you die physically, you separate. And depending on whether you're saved or not, you go up or down. And if you believe in Jesus, you're going up. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're going down. And there's no other place to go it's up or down. How many glad you're going up? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, walking in the flesh can hinder us from receiving this power of God to help us in this earth walk. And so what I want to do to you in the last couple of minutes here before we pray, we'll take five or 10 minutes to pray, of course. Um, everybody has desirable things that need killed. <laughs> you know was, you know. What I mean? Jesus said, if your hand offends you, cut it off. He didn't mean literally cut your hand off, but he said it's going to hurt that bad in some of these areas where people have been addicted to stuff. He said if your eye offends you, pluck it out. He didn't mean pluck your eye out literally. He said it's going to be that hard to cut some of these habits off and don't think it's easy. And see, a lot of people have given in to the habits because they just they just say, well, if it's this hard, it just must be me. You just got to accept me the way I am. If it's this hard, Jesus said, it's as hard as cutting your hand off. He did not mean cut your hand off. He meant st- stopping certain habits is going to feel like you're doing something that drastic because it hurts the flesh. It hurts the flesh to tell it no and to control it. It hurts. And everybody has to do this. It's just some squawk louder than others. Everybody has to say no to stupid fleshly desires at times because your body's not born again yet. Okay, your spirit's born again. Um... Why say crucify if it was easy? Did you see, did I show you that there? Look at um, Verse 24 Galatians 5, 24 They that are Christ have crucified the flesh With the affections and lusts So all affections and all strong desires Are not something we should be yielding to What did the Lord say do to them? crucify them. Get bold about it. Tell your flesh who's boss. Now, be nice to your body. Take care of it. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. But those flaky desires that came in with the fall of man, you got to tell those desires no. you got to take a hammer and a spike and say, King, you will not do this again. You will not, you will not make me do this again. You have to crucify the flesh. Hmm. You know, I, can't, I, I won't have time to read you these other things, so let's just go ahead and, and do a little praying. Um, I want to encourage you to pray about what it would mean for you to live a fasted life. Sometimes that's harder than just fasting three meals. I mean, this is something you do as a lifestyle. What do you mean? It means you're living above your flesh. You're telling your flesh who's boss once and for all. And you practice this, but yeah, but, but, but uh, uh, it's so good. I just, I just so good. Well, you have, a, you, have an op- you have an option. You have an option. You can still give into the flesh and still have struggles in these other areas. Or you can say, you know what, flesh, you're not my boss anymore. And start seeing your faith work better. Start being more sensitive to the power of God that's been invested in you. Seeing more results in praying for other people. I, I pray, let me just pray a prayer for you right now before we pray as a church. Father, I pray for the people and myself that you would help us to see how this fasted life fits into our life and how we are to move forward and to go higher in success in God, success in praying, success in prospering. Lord, show us, show us the, the things that we can do on a daily basis to show the flesh who's boss, to let it quit pulling us out of spirituality into carnality. Father, we're asking that you would show us how to implement a fasted life so that we can be more ready for the challenges of life, more ready to pray, more ready to help others, more ready to succeed spiritually, more ready to succeed financially. Father, we're asking that you would show us as a church what it means to live a fasted life. Take the words that have already been shared, expound on them to us, help us to see these things so we can come up spiritually and not always be drugged down to this natural plane, always looking for natural remedies, always looking for worldly help, but that we can actually receive from heaven the things we need on the earth. Father, thank you for helping us to see these things clearly and to operate in them properly. In Jesus' name, amen. I do believe, guys, that this is a huge step in us seeing more miracles and more healings in our church. I really believe that controlling these areas and getting some of these things settled and not giving the flesh everything it wants is going to make us more sensitive to being used of God in manifestations of the Spirit, and we'll see more miracles. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.